You are now listening to the Hot Take Hotbox. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hot Take Hotbox, and we are here. Me and my friend Dante are here to talk about WWE SummerSlam 2023. Uh, Dante, how are you feeling on this uh, Sunday evening going into a Monday? We are about a week out from... We're going to figure out who the new Tribal Chief is, and there's there's a lot that needs to shake out here in the WWE universe, but how are you feeling about everything going into the week? Biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam <laughs> 2023. Uh, it's going to be electric. Again, you have three main events, basically, in a sense, that have the feel of a big, big, big main event, and you have the, oh, by the way, we're putting the Tribal Chief title on the line, too, which is just phenomenal and electric in and of itself. So I guess we should just start with that. I, we, there's no sense in burying the lead. Just jumping into yeah, it. Yeah, just start, jump, start jump start right in. No, seriously. Like, like, there's no sense in beating around the bush. Uh, the Tribal Chief is, all, is up for grabs, and I guess this is the first time it's truly up for grabs, right? We've never had a Tribal Chief match attached to a – you know, no. universal championship match, which this and and a tribal combat match. So there's a lot tribal of firsts going on here with uh, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso. They obviously uh, early on in the build up to this just destroyed Jimmy Uso uh, in, in savage fashion on SmackDown one oh my night. God. Uh, sent him through a table. You know, thumb spike after thumb spike. Put him uh, on the stretcher. Put him on you the stretcher. The stretcher, man. They chased him out. They said, "Oh my God, you know, J- Jimmy, it's going to be okay." And uh, I-, I guess I'll just ask you, what have are I am personally excited for this? It, it hasn't done. Like, I-, I guess you kind of mentioned it beforehand, where like this doesn't really even need the championship element of it. It's kind of like cool. Uh-huh. It's cool to see Roman get back in there in a singles match, but it's kind of just like Roman in this whole storyline, kind of. This is just another climax or a peak in this story. It's just it's it's incredible. Yeah, the bloodline story has been so good. The way that they've built it with Jay in the coming what it's been like almost a month and a half, give or take. It's been a while with with Jay. I it's going to be one of those matches where you can feel the the crowd going one way. And just kind of thinking it's going to go the other. And that's why you're torn between like you could see either outcome happening um, and you there's really no good feel on like, yeah, I I know this is going to happen. And there's so many moving parts involved. But the fact that, again, they're dubbing it the tribal combat match um, for the head of the table title. It is big. I guess that this was probably about two years ago now, give or take a year and a half is when Roman beat Jay basically to a pulp and I think it was the Hell in a Cell match uh, and then they gave him the the elders gave him the lay after that basically when he just demolished Jay the first time or the second time but again this has been building for a while and you could just kind of feel it and the crowd is 100% basically behind Jay to a point where you know he's going to hit a couple super kicks and, and do some crazy stuff and you're just going to feel that place explode. And they kind of destroyed him this past Friday, which it's got to be expected. But, I mean, they're making him look at least somewhat of a viable threat, which they obviously have to do. But it it really, the closer we get to this thing, the more I am starting to feel like, man, Roman's got to win. 
he like he can't like I don't know. He's probably not going to win clean. It's not going to be. Yeah. It's obviously not going to be fair. And I feel like that's going to be a point of contention afterwards, where Solo gets involved, and he didn't want him to get involved because he wanted to do it the right way, his way, whatever it is. But uh, Roman needs to leave here with the title. I I I I mean, it would be chaos uh, elsewhere. Elsewise, I, yeah. I just, no, he's gotta he's gotta retain. Like we were talking about it last time. You know, we talked about him taking the pin for the first time since pre-COVID, and now you're you're going to sit here and say, "Oh, by the way, we we expect him to take back-to-back pins on back-to-back live events." It's kind of just like I I don't see it happening. I I do see that potential of whether Solo gets involved at some point, and, and it's a big tipping point whether it's Solo turns on Roman. Solo, you know, just again brutally attacks Jay, and then you build up like a, a Jay Solo uh, solo feud, basically going in through the next couple of um, premium live events. That kind of you know takes Roman away from the whole bloodline storyline for a bit to see anything else out there with that title. But yeah, they just again they built it up so great to a point where you know something crazy is going to happen. Like, you know this isn't going to end in just the normal three count on on one of them and, uh, you know, okay, either switching of titles or retaining titles. Like, something wild has got to happen. Um, you know, Jimmy was written off for a while because he got brutally attacked. I, you haven't seen him in a bit. I'm not saying he's going to come back, but it's something of that magnitude where – the whole bloodline kind of gets involved and you see this just again, this buildup that's been building up for two, two ish years right now, just blow the roof off that place. And I guess you, like you said, there's just, there's going to be some form of chaos that just happens at the end of this. I mean, this night is going to be crazy and then it's going to culminate in this. Uh, ultimately, and you got to imagine, listen, there's a lot of rumors out there that the great one, all right, Dwayne, that Dwayne, that Dwayne might show up and that he's going to be involved in some sort of Grayson Waller segment. And and it's, I mean, it's going to eventually end in a rock bottom, but I have a tough time believing that Dwayne's going to fly into Detroit, Michigan to be involved in a Grayson Waller segment. I'm sure the money will be great and everything, but I don't know if it happens this weekend. I don't know when it's going to happen. But Dante, at some point, The Rock has to be—he <laughs> has to be involved in this in some in some way, shape, or form. I, I, you know, like you can go back to when he tried to, like, you know, basically put him over. Uh, what was that one of the manias or one of the rumbles? And the people the were just booing the shit out of them. Like and that they, was in Philly. Yeah, it was the Philly Rumble when The Rock came back and and it kind of. No, backfired per se, but that was kind of one of the last times The Rock was that, you know, hugely involved. I think there's got to be some sort of, if he's there, because again, it's a big if with the Grayson Waller segment, but if he's there at some point doing something, it's got to be, whether it's a, even if not getting involved in the match, like a backstage. Yeah, a little segment or something. Yeah, just something even a mention of the fact that, Hey, you're here. And by the way, your whole family's going to, to war right now. Like, Oh, by the, by the way, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but your entire family's going, going at it for this title of, of tribal chief. 
like you know it's too perfect dude you can't right. just leave that out there like it's and that's one of those things again like and it's the the world's largest if at this point but if that does happen like you can tease it now and you don't have to hear about it again for months and then all of a sudden when the rock says yeah i'm i, I want to do this i'm ready to go you know you bring it back because they were the rumors obviously wrestlemania um last year you kind of had an i you you had a an inkling that the rock could be because it was hollywood uh it seemed like they had a plan but it never got you know finalized or never was signed off on but you, you had that idea because it felt like the plans for roman were kind of just not tossed together per se it was almost like a last minute um you know oh we're gonna build up the cody roman feud and they had the sammy thing going on at the same time it kind of felt like they had it back pocket of if Dwayne wants to go Dwayne's gonna go and this is the storyline so again it and it is perfect now because SummerSlam's obviously the what the second largest premium live event WWE has so if you're gonna tease it and then just sit on it for a while and if he's gonna be there that's gonna be the thing to to do it with but the the thing that's gonna be the most intriguing for me about this whole thing too is what what do you do with solo not even with the rock but with solo because they built him up so much to be this just animal in which he he is a stud but it's almost like where where is this thing going with the whole bloodline and tribal chief title because uh you know this is jay's third go around with roman uh in the singles match you would assume that this is kind of the end of that of that story for a bit so the next logical person within the bloodline outside of the rock would be, okay, do we build up solo to be this heir apparent now and trying to challenge the, whoever the tribal chief is going to be. I think you have to, and I think at some point there's some sort of split between Heyman and rain uh, and Roman reigns. And it just becomes like kind of like a solo backdooring them and they become some sort of team or, I think down the road, eventually, when Roman does lose the belt, that'll kind of be the way they, I think. Heyman and Solo would be a perfect team because Solo, again, needs a mouth. He's like, oh, yeah. Roman right now doesn't need So Heyman's exactly. there. Solo needs that. And I think you can get a lot of really good, you know, again, Heyman, I wouldn't say turns on Roman per se, but sides with Solo and the, the bloodline and the elders and all that other stuff. That would be an interesting concept too, because they they mention the elders, they mention the the bloodline, Jay talking to the elders. You know, what if what if the elders go now to Solo and say, "Hey, Roman's gotten a bit out of hand with all of this. You know, take care of Roman, or you know, do what you need to do against Roman <laughs> in, in, in that match." Like again, you could see so it on Solo's face though, and it's like it's crazy to just talk about like, yeah, dude, like you know, the tribal elders within the the family, but like he would break it down and it's almost like every every promo, every week you kind of see Solo's face and Solo's expressions just kind of be like, all right, he he wants next at some point in time. No, no, I was saying like he's like, what is this guy doing? Like he every week he's like, this guy is weak. He's yeah. soft, and you just see the disgust on his face <laughs> yeah. go more and more like you said, you're completely right. 
and that Samoan spike, the 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 Samoan spike into the spear on Jay last week was just a a savage blow, getting them both in, in like stereo. I just I couldn't imagine again the the Samoan spike in and of itself just looks like the most uncomfortable move to get at this point in time right now. Yeah. But to get it also while you're getting speared by Roman is just absurd. He was selling the shit out of those. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. As he should, but it, it was it was awesome. Uh, yeah. But I don't have anything else on on the uh, on the try. I am I can't begin to express how excited I am for it. This match is gonna just it, it's gonna rule. Just again, the the stipulation in and of itself is incredible, and the the theatrics around the whole thing is gonna be great. And again, this this idea of not exactly knowing where it's gonna go, but just being into it where wherever it goes is incredible. Because again, it's one of those matches where like basically the rest of the card you kind of have an idea of like okay, this is probably where they're gonna go, barring any major you know, surprises. Yeah, this is the one that it's like, well, you could see it going either way. There's a storyline kind of that lends itself to it either way. And again, the whole pageantry of what this buildup has been has just been incredible. And you're just waiting for something wild to happen. What do you think happens? What's your, what's your official prediction? I think Roman retains after some carnage and some interferences from from solo and maybe a return of of jimmy i think solo and or uh, i'm sorry roman retains by some sort of pin after he just demolishes jay um like brutally towards the end it's going to be a great match i think jay puts on an amazing show and jay probably gets really close to get that crowd like really close to exploding kind of similar to the way they did in, in Montreal with Sammy where you kind of just felt something was going to happen. And then I think um, there is some sort of spot at the end with a solo and Heyman. I don't know if it'll be turning on Roman at, you know, in the moment, but you kind of have that feeling of a division between, you know, solo and what he basically just did to Jay and if he brutally attacks Jay and Jimmy and he starts to get the feeling of just like, all right, maybe I am on the the wrong side of, of this one. Um, and maybe, again, if the elders are in attendance, you get some sort of move by them to kind of um, – I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I think it would be interesting too if – you know, and there's a chance. I don't think this happens, but there's a chance that Roman wins, retains the belt, but they basically you know, say that Jimmy – you know put it all out there, fought the right way, all this other, they, they give Jimmy the title of that tribal yeah, chief. They, right. they give him the lay. They basically say like Roman disrespected the bloodline by doing, you know, his actions during the, during the match. And they, you know, Jay gets the tribal chief crown. Uh, Roman retains the belt and it kind of goes from there. I am so excited. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't stop. Like, that. I'm just like thinking of like crazy stuff that could happen, just because you know it's gonna be insane. Like, it's not just like, all right, yeah, Roman wins, it's a great match, and then we move on. It's literally like just thinking so outside the box of like what crazy stuff could happen, just because you know something wild is gonna happen. It's like, what's the wildest thing you could think of happening? It's like, uh, the you know, the Rock shows up from from backstage, you know, his Roman with a with a rock bottom, and you know. 
puts delay on Jimmy and saying that he earned the tribal chief title. Like that would be in, incredible. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I could actually see that happening. How about, I guess the next, I, I guess, cause it has a belt, but honestly, I, I'm just going to talk about Cody and Brock. I think that's the one me and you would probably be more, uh, if I'm ranking these, this is just my personal ranking. I would go Cody Brock next. And then the Seth and Finn. Even though they yeah. built the Seth and Finn up nice, but I think the the Cody one is just kind of it's got two legends going at it. They they built that up pretty well too. Again, it's it's Cody Cody Brock three technically at this point, but it's been one of those. Again, like we talked about Roman and Jay, they don't need a belt. This one doesn't need a belt at all to feel as big as it's going to be, just because again two legends right now two people that are at the top of basically the mountain almost within the WWE. if you're talking if you're ranking you know current superstars and where you think that they're at you know there's they're both in the top you put them both top five top ten right now and and you know brock has this thing of showing up at these major events and just putting on a show so i think it'll it, it's going to be interesting I I think it's obvious that Cody wins though. I think it's like a yeah. There's has, no way that, it has to no be way that way. There's no way he can lose, um, especially kind of the way that they've built up Cody. Like, what's he have? Basically, one loss, and that being to Roman at this point in time. I, he he doesn't lose on at these things. Um, I think he needs the win more than obviously Brock does not need a win because Brock is going to do what Brock is going to do and probably take some time off, much needed time off and then show back up again. Um, you know, maybe for the Royal rumble at this point in time, but I, th- I think, you know, Cody wins and that puts him well over as, okay, the next, he, he's still around the next guy to challenge for one of the titles to, to be around. But I mean, this feud has been, gr- I don't want to say great, but it's been really good the way that they've managed, you know, Anytime you have to manage Brock Lesnar showing up on Raw or anything else, it is it does get tough. But I think Cody's promos, Cody's kind of attitude about the whole thing has been, uh, you know, great when he does when he does his promos, calling out Brock and everything else. So they've had a good enough build to this where you feel like it's a major, major, major match. The favorite moment has got to be him looking at his mom dead in the eyes and then hitting him with an F5 on the floor. Oh, yeah, dude. And that then, was, yeah. like, <laughs> like, you're used to Brock doing these, like, crazy outlandish <laughs> things, but it's just, like, literally Cody's hanging out with his family and Brock's music hits, and he's just, like, dragging him and just hitting him with F5s, like, right in front of his back. Breaking his arm, you know? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I- and and it's one of those again. Anytime Brock is in a match, it's money, and anytime Cody's in a feud, it's money. So you have these two dudes that are just again no title attached to it, just great build ups. Great, both matches have been good to this point. So I, th- I think a third, this third match is going to probably kind of live up to that in a in a storytelling perspective, and also from a a match itself, I think it's going to be a a good match and one of those like. Wow, I'm I'm surprised it's actually not like a stipulation on this one. Yeah, like a no holds barred or something like that. But. Yeah, like some. Well, we still have raw raw tomorrow, in which Cody might, you know, talk about the fact that the last time we saw him, he was getting F5 
numerous times. So, like, there could be some sort of, again, he might call and say, I want whatever stipulation, you know, something along that line. But um, it's going to it's gonna rule. Like, again, Brock has this thing of he's a great performer, but he has this theatric to him where it's like the lights are the brightest and you know Brock's just going to come and give you some sort of moment where it's insane and I think Cody's the same way um and again both dudes are at again near the top so I think it's going to be one of those matches we talked about this of a potential return of a superstar uh one one Randy Orton that would be an interesting twist after again if Cody gets a a, a win over Brock if you see a a Randy Orton return and then you kind of push that into a into an ongoing feud at some point in time. Yeah, like a whole Survivor series, you know, like it spreads it stretches out throughout the whole Yeah, because you still need something for Cody to do and if until the rumble the, basically. Yeah, and if the next couple matches go the way we assume with the the match we're gonna talk about, you don't wanna just like throw him into an ongoing feud that you know he may not win or may hurt you know one of the other big names that may or may not win the the heavyweight title bout so you got to keep him kind of fresh not really challenging for a title until that you know moment comes at wrestlemania where you give him an idol another title shot um and the randy orton thing could be interesting if he is returning because again you don't want to fling randy into a feud and then you had the other potential feud for Cody, which was built up at the Rumble last year, but the Cody-Gunther type feud to eventually potentially happen would also be interesting. But, you know, I, th- I think right now this Cody-Brock match has that feel of obviously a, a Cody win, and then you kind of look out for, okay, now what? Like, you know, you had the WrestleMania loss, and the answer to the now what was, okay, let's put him up against basically the one of the top, you know, names in the business, Brock Lesnar for the entire summer. This thing has stretched the entire summer, which was a great move to keep Cody involved in a fresh storyline without giving him another title match. And I think you kind of have to do the same thing through the fall until you get to, you know, WrestleMania season again. Yeah, I think there's really no more perfect name to kind of align that whole, you know, it... I see Randy like another. I mean, Randy's got to come back, and he's got to be up and in, in, involved in some sort of segments and, and some sort of feud with somebody. Oh Who God, better than Cody? Back. Where you could build that? I mean, it depends. People are saying that Randy has to come back as a good guy, as a as a face. I, I don't believe that. I think Rand, Rand, no matter what, Randy can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's he he's the I legend. I think the killer, crowd's gonna react to him as being because he's been gone for so long. But I think like that first promo where he comes back, kind of heel-esque and the crowd will just eat it up would be great but you you have the history there right between cody and and randy from their legacy days which is a a wild faction in and of itself but you know you have that there where you can create a build without having any matches which i think is probably something that randy would need having close to what two years almost off yeah. I mean, he would he would probably need some sort of a, a feud like that where he is able to come back and it, it basically just be a promo war 
weekly on on Raw until you get to whatever the next you know premium live events are going to be in, and you can build that into a trilogy. That way, you can you keep him fresh as well without having to do the whole title match thing because people are just waiting for Cody to quote unquote finish the story, um, and you you need that to be a moment. And right now, outside of having it at SummerSlam, you get the whole fall into the rumble where it's, you know, uh, survivor series, I guess is a, is a big live event, but you know, you want to kind of carry some momentum into the rumble for him. So I, I think, you know, that would be great. I just, I would just love Randy Orton to make a comeback. I know that's you, that's your guy, but the rumors have been swirling for a while. They had a new, I think a new version of his theme song just came, uh, you know, it, the the writing's kind of on the wall that they're teasing it that okay he might come back and again give him something incredible like this where the storyline's there the opportunity for a title now but you can still get a compelling storyline would be great and yeah that's your that's your guy so you're the you're the Randy Orton dude yeah I just there's so much you could do. like that's just such a big name big talent that's kind of just hanging out around you know like he's not. Right. He's been out, obviously, but he's not. You know, he's. It's not like he's done. You know, it's he's he's on the way back, and there's just yeah. some way you could put him in anything that you could really think of. You know, maybe not a title right away, but like even like something like that. Like just have him come back on the Grayson Waller stuff, come out RKO, him, and then he's a good guy. Like that's fine too. But and he'll find something to do. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll start fucking with the and Judgment Day or something too. like that. Like you, you have no idea. Really. Who you could do anything with him? It doesn't matter yes. as long as you have that guy back in the fold. Yeah, I think, and those are feuds too that, like, you know, with Randy being the I guess the age that he is and coming back from a, a major injury if he does come back. But like, that's one of those things where you don't want him out there wrestling every no. week on on Raw, like you know the the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn's of the world that are out there every week, you know, having match after match after match. Like, you literally just need Randy to show up. Um, do a promo, talk to the pan to the crowd, go face to face with somebody, maybe interrupt a promo here and there, maybe give them a, a couple matches, you know, to keep them fresh every couple weeks. But it is one of those things that you can kind of do. It almost seems very similar to, I believe when, I don't know if it was when Cody first kind of came back, he had the, again, the ongoing feud with Seth, but, it's not like he was fighting on Raw every single week. I mean, he had a, a match here, and then it would be, you know, Seth does something, and then you had just promos between him and Seth for a while, basically, for a, a few pre and live events. You know, you get that, that sort of a feel to it, where it's, all right, like, we know this build, we know where it's going, and it's incredible. It just seems like Cody as a, as a good guy, and Randy as a, like, a just going back to being an evil scumbag would be such good. Like I think add that to the storylines on raw. It's just going to be raw would be yeah. easily watchable again. For it'll every, be one of those storylines. It'll feel like one of those storylines kind of like a few years ago when Cody was feuding with edge, when edge first came kind of came back at the rumble. Um, and then they had that feud where they had that, those couple matches, it was all COVID, but they had the matches like in the performance center. Um, and you, you kind of, again, had that feel of, okay, edge is back. Let's give him something. Here's Randy. Like they had the, the history together and you were able to play on that on promos. Um, 
kind of the same type of thing where, okay, Randy's back. You have this history. You're able to play on it on promos, which makes every promo that much more personal and a little bit better. And you know that the matches are going to, are going to deliver. Like, I'm just trying to think any, even for Cody, like if it's not, if it's not Randy, you have to give him something to keep him, you know, more than likely out of the title conversation. So you, you have to find somebody that you can pair him with for a couple live events to keep him fresh and going. And that's probably like the only name I can really think of outside of maybe like, maybe Gunther, but I mean, I, I feel like that feud's going to go on for a little bit between him and drew. Um, no one really else on raw right now. I could think of being that big to, to put him with. Um, we saw the whole Dom thing went down and, you know, Dom's my guy, but you know, you can't keep having Cody feud with every member of judgment day every single week. So you have to give him something exhaustedly new and fresh. And this would be you know, the best way to do it. I would assume. And preferably somebody who's there every week, kind of who can at least go with you know spar with them verbally every week, like you kind of mentioned with Randy. They can do a lot of those different segments where, you know, he's just coming in and RKOing them out of nowhere. You know, yeah. like it's, I don't know. That just makes like, I, it's got to happen. It's, it all depends on it. Maybe he's not ready to go yet, and they just yeah. It's all like the health thing, and it's been, oh God, it's probably been like months. Since the speculation's been coming, like, oh, yeah, Randy Orton's coming back. So it feels like it's every premium live event. It's like, oh, Randy Orton's coming back at this one, and then he does, and you just kind of sit there like, oh, oh, I think, like, WrestleMania, you had an idea that he could come back, and then after that, you had the whole, um, you know, there's a lull where you kind of assume maybe he's not coming back. You, you, you're not coming back at WrestleMania. You might not, but it's kind of been weird, the hints that have been dropped. Like, you had the report that a new version of his theme dropped you kind of had these grumblings that like okay they have a plan for randy or when he gets back or they're planning on something if he's ready to go um you just hope he hope he is but with the cody stuff too like you just have to find a name and as much as i like seeing cody go at it in the ring and and actually perform in the ring i am fine with cody walking out there in a suit and just grabbing the mic and doing the whole, so what do you want to talk about thing? And just talking about something about Randy Orton, giving a promo and then kind of, you know, skirting to the back and, you know, showing up during a dark match or anything like that. But like, I don't need to see him every week no. involved in a, in a feud where it's going to be okay. He needs a match this week. Just, you know, let him come out do his thing. And again, anything with Cody's interesting. Cause you can, he's such a good, I guess, performer and also a good promo giver that you can stretch out feuds with him forever as we've seen with the whole Brock Lesnar thing it's kind of like well Brock wasn't there ever but Cody could get on the mic and talk about Brock and cover a couple minutes of airtime and it'd be pretty electric and good you know you can do the same sort of stuff with anybody with Cody and kind of have it stretch September October November basically until Survivor culminating in Survivor Series and then you know get ready for for the Royal Rumble or, or anything else during that span. How about Seth freaking Rollins? He, another guy <laughs> who's been carrying Monday Night Raw for, uh, you know. Judgment Day. That's my, I, Finn Balor has been. Yeah, well, that, that last week was of, unbelievable. Yeah, the, the group as a whole has been great. And I think, you know, Finn's been 
it's feeling a lot like Finn's been carrying it without getting any due for carrying it. Cause you kind of think back to the time he started in judgment day and the feuds he's had, it's, you know, in a sense, mainly been with edge. Um, and I guess I think a little bit with, with AJ styles, but you know, he, it doesn't seem like he's getting that type due and winning those matches that, you know, you would assume him to win. I think this is his time. I think he, the hot take, I think he gets the win. I think he wow. gets the belt. And then I think you get, you get judgment day with everything. And that just, again, is something that carries raw going forward is Finn's got a belt. Dom's got the NXT belt. You know, Rhea's got the, the women's belt and, and Damien's got the, got the briefcase and they just kind of just continue to terrorize Monday night raw. And you would imagine at some point it's going to be a Damien Cashin, right? It's not. Yeah. Well, that's, I think it's. On him. Yeah. And I think, right. You can't do, there were talks about doing it at SummerSlam, literally Damien getting, I know we talked about it. For sure. About a month ago. Of, okay. Damien's going to cash in at SummerSlam and it's going to be a, a triple threat match or he's going to cash in and, and get involved in it somehow. I don't think he does at SummerSlam just because of the way that judgment day has been carrying um, Monday night raw. And I think giving Finn the belt and having that, I guess, aura of Damien with the briefcase with the ability to cash in at any time carries you for a while, just because you get this friction between the two where they, they come out right after the fact, but yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Until, you know, you sense that tension uh, of you know, okay, Damien's going to cash in at any time, and Damien will eventually cash in on Finn. I think that's the way to go. I mean, it would be great if Damien does cash in right then and there on Saturday and and tries it, and then you get the the Judgment Day friction there. But I think having that storyline of okay, Damien's got it with the briefcase and carrying that on for a few weeks with regards to okay, he hasn't cashed in yet, and Finn has the title, so you think that they're they're good and they have a good relationship until, you know, it just blows up. But I think that storyline will be great and lend itself for a while. I, I see it kind of like Seth gets screwed by the fact that they have three fucking people ringside that are just going to do something to him. He loses. And then there's, like you said, that they just drag that along where I think it is similar to money in the bank where, cause when they, when they had their match of money in the bank. Yeah. Damien came out and kind of not, I don't want to say cost Finn, but Finn felt like he cost him when he came out um, after he won the briefcase. I think it's something similar and people get that feel of like, oh, he's going to cash in and screw Finn over. And then the opposite ends up happening. He kind of screws Seth by not cashing in or having the the threat of a cash in. And then Finn takes advantage of it. Um, And, Again, I, I I think the title changes. I think um, it's just you just look back at what Finn's been doing over the last couple months, and kind of have being that only member of Judgment Day that hasn't had that shining moment of winning the belt and you know propelling himself into that upper strata of of champion. I think it's it's time he gets it. I can see that, and I think it's too early to cash in for Damien at SummerSlam. Like you said, it's just such a useful tool that you can kind of hold a, hold above this whole storyline 
and you can just you know drop that bomb whenever you really yeah. need to. It's just not. It's definitely too early. There's so much you could do with. I think a whole world heavyweight championship. Like I, because I, I, I think the next Premier Live events payback in September. I, I think. I think so. Yeah, and I think you can see it there because I think you'll get some fire promos between Seth and you might be buckling up for another Seth Finn match at at Payback, and Seth kind of starts calling out Priest or or doing whatever, and I think you know then you might get the the cash in to win the title um, or to change hands there at some point, but you, that still gives you a solid month of Monday Night Rawls where it's. You know, Damien with the threat of cashing in and Finn with that with that belt. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a somewhat lengthy Finn title reign, but also I'd be fine with it again if it does switch hands after called a, a, a month of, of Finn to get it to Damien. Then you kind of build up Finn Damien going into a Survivor Series type of match, or even if it happens later, then you build it up into a Royal Rumble type of match, something along that lines. But it is good that this heavyweight, you kind of have a feeling, and that's why when we're talking about Cody, it's almost give him something to do that's not the belt. Because you have this feel between Seth, Finn, and Damian. Like, they have title matches kind of covered with the heavyweight championship for the next three or four, at least, premium live events where it's like, all right, it's going to be one of the three, um, you know, with that belt. And then somebody else, you know, two of the three are going to be challenging for that belt almost for the next three or four events you know you can go with a damien seth uh feud you could go with a you know finn damien feud eventually down down the road but i think it, it'll be a good kind of story the storyline lends itself to have that kind of between the three of them uh how much are you excited for oscar charlotte and bianca belair not a ton. I think it's going to be. Lie. I actually do think it's going to be a good match. I just have cared less about match. anything they've said I, beforehand. I think it's going to be a really good match. I think, you know, the build's been kind of weird. Like it's almost been a Bianca Charlotte build, and Oscar's like, oh, by the way, I'm here and I have the belt. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of been very heavy on the Bianca Charlotte, which is I think it's great, and I think both are incredible. But then you almost forget that, like, oh, yeah, Asuka's also there, and Asuka is the the reigning champ with the belt right now. Like, it kind of gets, like, lost in the shuffle because I think Bianca and Charlotte are both such big stars in their own right. That's another one of those matches, like, we talked about with Roman and Jay. Like, that's one of those matches that can go either either one of their ways between the three. I don't think there's a, a wrong decision on any of the three that would win. Um and it'll be interesting to see who takes the pin there because the, all three of them are incredible you know, mega stars. It'll be interesting to see, okay, which one of these three actually takes the pin um, to who at that point. Yeah, how it goes down. Is this a EO Sky situation? Uh, I mean, I think it could, could be. be. I think it could be. I think if they're going to hold on to the other one, they might as well use the, uh, you know, this one. That would be smart right? because, again, I don't. That would be pretty smart because I don't think like between Charlotte, Bianca, and Oscar, I can't see either of or any three of them losing clean, like taking a clean pin. Um, so having the cash-in of the belt would be, or I mean not the belt, sorry, the cash-in of the briefcase be at least intriguing and a way for to to save face for any of the three. 
um, kind of getting pinned dirty with the, the briefcase. Um, I think it would be a good kind of launching off point for EO Sky because then again, you get that EO Sky kind of feud with any of the three. And then maybe you can get two, two of the three to kind of feud by themselves without the belt. Um, and it'll, it's always good with EO Sky because you have Bailey just lurking out there. Yep. So you don't have any shortage of opponents if you want to put a title reign on EO for a, a little bit of time. But yeah, I think you know the cash-in would make sense there just because you're dealing with three high-profile names that, again, who... Like who takes the pin? You know, Charlotte just came off taking a pin at WrestleMania. Again, kind of like the the Roman thing. Do I think she's going to take multiple pins in the matter of four months? Like, no, I I don't think so. Um, and then Asuka beat Bianca. So do you really think again Asuka's going to beat Bianca again? I don't think so. And do you really think Asuka's going to lose that belt clean after winning it um, at Mania or not at Mania at a I think Knight of Champions, she she won it. Whenever she won it, you know, do I really think that that's going to be the end of her title reign, losing Queen to one of those two? Like, no. So it'll be it'll be a smart thing with if they do that EO Sky cash in. Something something fishy is going to happen there. EO Sky is always interesting because she's so like. I think she's incredibly talented. Some of the stuff she does is just insane. It's been kind of that feeling of she hasn't been able to really like thrive off of that for a bit just because they haven't put her in those situations with these mega stars to be like, all right, you know, you're in there. Like, let's do it. One-on-one singles matches type thing. She's always had the damage control kind of label with, with Bailey there. I think getting the belt in this sort of fashion of cashing in would be huge. And then again, you have a litany of opponents for her to kind of, defend that belt and go on a on a nice little title reign for a little while where wasn't it uh was it backlash where was it eo sky and bianca belair did they did they yeah, yeah that's right it was eo sky and bianca belair that's what that was the day that i became like a huge eo sky fan yeah. i realized she could go like that man like she that that, yeah, like that, said, was, that was an incredible match yeah that was that backlash because that was that's when I when I thought because Bailey was there as well, and that's why I kind of thought that the damage control thing would blow up almost and kind of go to go to pieces. But no, she's again she's incredibly talented, and she's one of those people that she does some of the coolest aerials and everything else in the ring. Um, and I think again pairing her at for the time being, giving her a nice grouping of opponents where. She can still use basically Bailey as a mouthpiece, so to speak, or have Bailey in her corner with the belt would make for again electric promos because Bailey's incredible in her own right. But I think that there's going to come a time where you know if Io has that belt and she defends it against Oscar um, and then defends it against somebody else, that she hop she puts her name in the ring and kind of goes for it, and that could be again a, a lengthy title reign with Io Sky. But I think it's well deserved because I don't know, like I don't know about your take on the women's division, but I don't know how many times you could keep passing the belts around to the same, yeah, five or six. Like you know, it Bianca's reign was was nice and it was fun, and she's electric with the crowd, and she's the EST for a reason. And you know, Charlotte every time she has a belt, 
is a megastar. Um, you know, Oscar's title reigns have been good, but again, they, it kind of feels like you kind of just passed the belt between the three of them. And then on the, the raw side, you know, you have Rhea, you have Becky, you know, it's basically five names in the division and you can count on two of them being champion at any given time. I think it would be fresh to have EO cash in, get a nice little title reign, especially now. Cause you're Huge talking moment. after SummerSlam, you, you talk about premium live events that aren't, huge give or take you kind of get that dead period of okay you get a couple summer slam or a survivor series is usually big fast and you go yeah then you go like right into the royal rumble you get like you get payback you get fast lane you get survivor series then you're right into rumble season so she could have a nice give or take title reign of you know a couple a couple title defenses before you get into uh, Royal Rumble and like WrestleMania season where you want to make a move off that title if you need to. Um, it is like one of those things like Oscar's title reign. It lasted for a while. It has lasted for a while. It lasted a couple of premium live events and it's almost like a surprise. Like, oh yeah, you, you almost forget that period after WrestleMania before SummerSlam with Money in the Bank, Night of Champions and, and Backlash. Like, that's a long period of time. I think you could do the same with like a EO Sky title run, say, okay, let's give it to her through the fall, see how it goes, and then, you know, maybe do something with Bailey. How excited are you for Ricochet and Logan Paul? It's going to provide some sort of holy shit moment where something insane happens and you just kind of sit there like, did they actually just pull that move off? Like one of those, like, high-flying aerial assault crazy moments like incredible spots that to me is a it's a it's a twitter fight to me not it's like one of those ones where you're you're on twitter and you kind of scroll and you see the clip of this like oh my god what and you you watch that clip and i flood you your inbox every day with crazy tweets of just random spots that i'll see on twitter it seems like one of those where you're kind of you see the viral clip and you're just like, oh my God, that looks insane of a, of a match. Um, I'm still waiting for the ricochet push. I, it's but been it's like, tough though, man. That guy is not exactly an electric factory. No, nah, he can't talk, man. Like his promos he's, are, he's not, been, he hasn't, I will say he's not been horrible in, in this whole thing. I, I guess that's kind of not hard with Logan, such an unlikable, <laughs> character yeah that it's kind of just makes him you have a lot to play off of yeah um that whole like and uh, we talked about on, on raw but that whole it kind of feels like mid-tier of of dudes are so good but the titles right now are on such lockdown that you can't do anything with them like with nakamura with uh you know ricochet like they put on great spots they put on great matches but it's almost like, what do we do with these people? And that's why I'm glad that Ricochet has a larger profile match. At least he's A, on the card, and B, it is a match that's going to provide some sort of, like, holy shit spots to where you can go, I I can get behind Ricochet kind of, you know, being consistent out there, trying to get a, a bit larger of a push potentially for whether it be the IC title or if the U.S. title eventually were to ever change from SmackDown, but it is going to be one of those, something crazy is going to happen. I'm still always impressed with Logan Paul being able to 
again, walk into this world and, and do this sort of stuff. I think, you know, him putting on a, a great match with Ricochet would be incredible for him and a build up again into whether it be a Survivor Series appearance or back until the, the Rumble and Mania season. But again, it's always impressive when he just comes out and does what he does. And there's going to be something where someone's going to do something crazy, whether it be off the ropes or uh, some sort of flying aerial. But I mean, Ricochet always has those moments where you're just like, holy shit, did that just, that just happened. And I think we're probably going to get some sort of moments like that. My bad. I completely lost my spot on my page, unfortunately. But I no, I am really excited for uh, this match specifically, just for the match, I guess. Uh, you kind of just laid that out. There, there's going to be a huge spot. There's going to be a holy yeah. shit moment. And there's going to be something where you're like, yeah, we talk about this later on after we when we do the post show, kind of like, wow, that was crazy. In the similar sense when they did the, you know, the, off the rope, through the tables, yeah, head the first, bank. money in the bank sort of, sort of shit. So uh, something's going to happen. I think that's why it's good when WWE has these mega stars that are willing to do these type moments. And now they have two, actually three technically in WWE that are show up and you're just like, Oh my God, that's insane. Between Logan Paul, bad bunny and, and McAfee, you got these dudes that are just kind of willing to put it out there. And they kind of seem like these, you know, unsuspecting, like, all right, what's going to happen. And then something like that happens. And you're just like, Oh my God, that was you know, beyond insane. Um, and I think between the three, Logan Paul's definitely, I think, the best out of the three and kind of the most willing to do those incredible spots and pairing up with Ricochet just proves that. And I think, you know, Logan Paul in of, in, in of himself is going to provide some of those moments as well because we keep talking about Ricochet's going to do something crazy and Ricochet's going to get this push and Ricochet's going to be doing... But I think Logan Paul is going to do something that's going to, you know, have your jaw kind of just drop and be like, did he actually just do that? Like that is a bit insane. Like, you know, knowing Logan Paul is more of a, an entertainer than a, a WWE superstar. Kind of one of those things where it's like, you're going to leave this match being like, okay, Logan Paul's a WWE superstar and not more of an entertainer. Um, you know, which is incredible to say, but I think that's kind of the feel you're going to get. You kind of got that feel like the Money in the Bank where it's like you could see Logan Paul doing this more actively and being more into kind of doing spots and being more involved. I think you're going to get that same feeling after this where it's like you can see Logan Paul coming back more frequently and kind of putting on these types of, of shows in these moments. I think Logan wins, by the way. I mean, that would be incredible he's i think he's due because i don't think he's had a win since him i know him the miz had the tag team match i don't know i think did he i don't know if he beat the miz or not last year at SummerSlam, but i think again i think it'll be a great match i would love to see logan win because again it keeps him coming back and coming back around which i think you really need because Every time he's there, I think it's electric. I think the crowd's going to be more, I guess, generous with him coming around as frequently as he does now, where now it kind of just feels like, oh, great, Logan Paul's back. I think you're going to, after this match and after he puts on the type of show that he will, you're going to be looking forward to, okay, Logan Paul is back. Like, let's put him in something and, you know, watch this guy actually go at it. 
because me and you talked about it when we when we were like, oh, they might give the when he was in the Money in the Bank, and we were like, okay, what if they give it to Logan Paul? And we we're just like, no, like, we don't want that at all. I think you're going to get to a point to where you're not looking forward to a Logan Paul match, but when he's on the card, you're just like, all right, this is going to be cool because you you have a, a you know good sample size of him doing awesome stuff. Yeah, and he is really great in the ring. So uh, this is one of those where yeah. you said, like, I am kind of, I'm intrigued. I would say I'm not, maybe, maybe not yeah. necessarily excited, but it is something like you said on the card. I'm, I'm looking forward to it a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going to go with this, seeing what spots they do, and again, if it becomes a thing where okay, Logan Paul's back, coming back more frequently, I'm not like groaning like, oh shit, Logan Paul's back. Like, what the hell? It's more like okay, cool, Logan Paul's going to be on Raw. I want to see where they go with this because he's an intriguing character. Because right now it is kind of a thing where he comes back and you're kind of just like, oh, great, Logan Paul's back. I wonder what's happening now. And the whole thing with Money in the Bank of being in that match. But I think, you know, he's gonna he's grown on me enough to where I'm looking forward to the match. I'm going to look forward to seeing what they do with him afterwards. The Ring General. He's getting back in there. This is one of our favorites, our personal This favorites. is just a beef match. This is just a beef match, dude. Two yoked up dudes that just Units. create carnage just going at it. Uh, listen, I love Gunther, man. Gunther. Uh, it depends on who you ask to, how to say it. But oh, I think he is, I think, easily a top five. Not not necessarily just, like, you know, overall talking, all that stuff, but just in-ring his matches, I just I love the style of them. Just he can so do old school, dude. He can do everything. It's insane. He can hit you with a with a chop, and then he can put you in these you know submission holds type of thing. And then you, you know you're not surprised if he's you know suplex off the top like, rope and shit. Like you're like yeah, like, like he can do everything. He is that good of a of a performer. I personally have. I think it's it's been tough because you don't have anybody big enough in that intercontinental championship sphere to contend with him outside of again with drew being back on raw um i i, I do hate that aspect of it but i think you know him having a good contender now with drew this match is going to be incredible and i think the storyline is there like they built it up enough uh drew has been incredible like you know this is again one of those matches that Kind of like the Roman and Jay thing. I don't know exactly which way this match is going to go, per se. Um, I know, I think Gunther's close to breaking that Intercontinental Championship record of times held. So I think I can see him retaining and then them running it back at another live event. But um, yeah, this is just this match is just going to be great. The amount of chops and the amount of just pure carnage that's going to be uh, shown in this match is just crazy he's getting close to having to drop that uh intercontinental belt too he's got to move he's almost there at the next step and i like you said i think it's yeah. just a record situation a number of days before he eventually just hands it yeah. off and he goes for that world heavyweight championship i think that is ultimately the next step it's got it has to be because he's right there like he is yeah. one of the big parts of raw and he could easily be the feature one of the feature guys and he would get into some great sort of segments and feuds oh, with these course. Seth Rollins and all these and guys. he's good on the mic as well. Like when you let him, I think recently he's been more pandering, to, like not to the crowd, but you know, 
almost abusing the crowd at points and embracing the booze and embracing that heel kind of feel to him. I think, yeah, whatever the record is, whether it's, I I think he retains just to break another record, then he drops it within the next month or so to Drew at another premium live event. I think, um, you know, he's my Royal Rumble winner for 2024. Like I already, I'm already booking it that he's going to win the Rumble. I, there's no, little doubt in my mind that that man goes into the Royal Rumble and just defeats everybody. But I think he, uh, you know, he's in a very good spot where, and if he does lose that title, I would be relieved. Like I wouldn't care that he takes a pin to Drew McIntyre. I'd actually feel like happy that he took a pin. Like, okay, thank God, you know, he's pinned and we can move on to whatever's next for him. Cause yeah, he's getting so big that, and I, I felt this problem now for probably since Mania that there's nobody really on Raw that I want to see him go up against on a weekly basis. Like, Riddle yeah. does nothing for me. And, like, everybody else, they've been. It, it would be good to have seen and to potentially see him, you know, feuding with whether it be Sami Zayn, him feuding with Kevin Owens. I know they have the, the tag belts. Um, but, you know. You, he needs something fresh that's different than I'm gonna just defend this Intercontinental Championship. And then I think from the IC Championship reign, like you know, you give it to Drew to have that belt. But there's a lot of those other people. We just talked about some of the mid card people on on Raw that put on, you know, great matches like the Nakamura's, the Ricochets of the world. Like you know, they deserve to be contending for an IC title and not knowing that okay, he, they're just gonna get squashed by Gunther because he's that good. Like, I think they tried that for a bit where it's like, okay, let's put Gunther up against some of these guys in the the mid-tier Mustafa of basically. Ali. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, he's just ruining people. Whereas, you know, you need that type of, okay, well, they have at least a chance to win this title against whoever else. Maybe like a Bronson Reed of, of the world. Like, you know, you put them up against Gunther now, it's just, there's no shot they're going to win. It's, Gunther's just too good, but you know. I think getting the title off of him and to anybody else, it presents more of a opportunity for literally everybody on that on that raw roster. Yeah, and I just I, I can't wait to see Gunther in that main event sort of uh, position I'm and situation. You, you, I'm right. I'm right with you on the Rumble. WrestleMania 40 in Philly. He is main eventing one of the two nights. I'd love to say it, dude. We, we we are this us us two on the Hot Take Hot Box WWE podcast right here. Big big fans of Gunther. We have yeah, one hundred percent. And I am a big Ludwig Kaiser guy. Uh, I think they are him and, and uh, Vinci. They they're really good in the ring. Ludwig Kaiser is really good on on the mic. Um, depending on what they do with these tag titles, because I know Kevin Owens is uh, it you just, know. Yeah, and his short term, it's kind of murky here. I would not mind them at all having that tag title with Imperium and having that aura again as as tag champs eventually. If you know it is a Sammy and KO, you know, vacating of the title situation, and I think that would benefit everybody involved because it it puts the tag titles on more of a traditional type tag team like Imperium if they you know go that route or even my boys uh, Gable and Otis who are just straight electric factory on raw right now. Um, and you could split them all, up. 
Like you could go back to having them be one on SmackDown, oh, yeah. one on Raw, right? Like I think you could. I think I think that's probably where they go because SmackDown, you know, they're building back up the Street Profits, which haven't been seen in a while. Uh, you know, with Bobby Lashley, I would love to see them get again a SmackDown t- tag title if they do decide to split them up and keep those ta- keep those titles fresher on on the brands. But I think that frees up Sami Zayn too to. I don't know, potentially go after a member of the Judgment Day and contend for the heavyweight championship. I think that would be a a great storyline there as well. So I think just splitting those belts up, having, I guess, tag team tournaments both on Raw and SmackDown, and again, put the SmackDown ones right on the Street Profits without even hesitating. And then the Raw ones, you at least have some, whether it be different people that you can put them on yeah. there. there's a lot of different people that are just hanging around in there yeah like dude i love gable and otis and what they've been doing and just the crowd has been pushing them i think chad gable is incredible that a premier athlete in and of himself that i think if they were to get a tag title opportunity not again when you put the, te- the titles together and it's like undisputed tag titles you kind of feel like all right that's not really a gable and otis title but again, when you split them up, it's like a raw tag team title. You're like, okay, yes, I could see yeah, Alpha Academy carrying those titles and doing very well with those with those titles. And, you know, SmackDown, what they've been teasing with the Street Profits the last couple of weeks, I am all in on that. Like, absolutely all in there. And I think that'll be insane as well. So we got one more... Real, I would say, match. The, not to say this uh, other one isn't real, but uh, we got Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler. Uh, truly, I'm not going to spend much time on this. I, I do not care about this at all, man. It's uh, yeah. got yeah, nothing for me. The build's been bad. It's just been – it feels it, – it feels like one of those things where Ronda basically – I don't know if she forced her hand with her contract. Something happened where it's like, you know what, I'm – I'm leaving soon. Like I'm, I'm out, um, type of scenario. And they said, okay, how do we tie up loose ends of the, the Rhonda storyline? So that's why I feel like you had that abrupt money in the bank turn that made no real sense from Shayna Baszler's end to get this match to kind of be like, okay, this is how we tie up the Rhonda Rousey storyline here, whether it be full, within WWE as a whole or just for the time being, it feels like that. Um, it feels like one of those matches though that could be very, I don't want to say brutal from a physical standpoint, like a violent standpoint, but it could be one of those matches where you get some cool spots to where it almost has not a UFC type feel to it, but it has like that, you know, I think Riddle and Seth did the fight pit match. I did they call them? I think it was the fight pit match about a year ago between uh, Riddle and Seth Rollins. Something of that ilk to it, where it's like, okay, this is more than just a WWE match in the in the ring. This is more of a two former UFC, uh, you know, one obviously one of the the better UFC women's fighters ever, and Shayna Baszler was in UFC as well. But it has that sort of a feel to it. Yeah. Like two of the bad, two of the baddest women in the company that you know are not just performers are women that'll just knock your lights out are gonna you know go at it. 
And it could be one of those things where my expectations are of it not just ring related because those two I I I'm curious to see what it's going to look like one on one. Like you said, there could be that MMA sort of. I think there's going to be a lot of crazy transitions and stuff like that that kind of lend itself to an MMA yeah. sort of fight, not a traditional wrestling match. But from the build up, it has been horrible. The, these segments on Raw have just been boring. Ronda's yeah. sitting up in the crowd, and then she comes down, and just the, the crowd doesn't care. Shayna's boring. She doesn't really have much to say other than just talking shit, which she only did the one time, which was the first segment they did after, what was that, Money in the Bank? That was the best yeah. segment of the whole uh, buildup, and then after that, it's just all gone downhill. So, that's... Yeah, I think they're both two women that were in desperate kind of need of a I guess a mouthpiece per se, and just kind of never really got it. Um, you know, and I love, I personally would have loved to have seen their tag run just last longer and then just, you know, run through every women in basically WWE that wanted to come up against them. Uh, obviously not what happened. I, I'm always curious to see Shayna Baszler because she is very good in, in the ring. Um, and she's a, a Triple H girl through and through. Like that's one of Triple H's people. When you talk about, uh, they Triple H will go to bat for certain people. Like Shayna Baszler is one of them. So you want to see kind of how that transitions because she would make a very, very good opponent for like a Rhea Ripley. Obviously, both being, you know, big physical presences in the ring and having that in in ring ability to where. You know, you're not throwing Natalia up against Rhea Ripley every week, where you kind of know what what's going to happen. And even with the Liv Morgan, you know, you got those obviously uh, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, two two women that I think from stature alone could stand toe to toe with with Rhea Ripley. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of push she gets from it. Um, I'd be curious to see again if you see any of those like you know UFC you know on the mat kind of jujitsu type techniques where you're kind of like okay this isn't normal wwe wrestling like this is more of a okay that's a you know triangle hold or something in the the nature of that where it's like okay they brought this into it because again they're both combat sports experts yeah and i think like you said that 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 could play out well from that standpoint but uh i'll try to not go grab a beverage when this is going on i promise to give it a chance that seems like the match where you go you get a beer you're like, okay, this match is starting. You you peek, see if anything cool is happening. You know, it's like, all right, let me go go to the bathroom real quick, and then come back and see what's going on. Again, this seems like kind of like the Ricochet Logan Paul type match. Seems like a Twitter match where you're going to see the cool stuff on Twitter, whether it be a a little clip of it or a gif of it or whatever the case may be. But like, it seems like one of those where if you missed it, and I'm just you know not watching myself, but I'm on Twitter and I see, I'm like, okay, I'm caught up. I saw what I needed to see there from the, the Shayna Ronda thing, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of push Shayna gets from this. Cause again, Ronda Rousey is still a huge name, whether or not, you know, people in WWE like it or not, she's still a huge draw. So I think getting a win like this would be great, but this seems like, uh, this almost seems like a WrestleMania type match without any build. Like if you were to tell me that, you know, it's Shayna and Ronda at WrestleMania, and they had kind of months to build this whole turn and this whole match together. I'd be like, yeah, that's 
that's great. Like if this happened at WrestleMania and you had basically all summer to kind of build this, I'd be like, yeah, cool. I'm in. You did this at Money in the Bank, which was a month ago, and you know, you've had barely any build for it. It just felt rushed the whole thing. This is one of those feuds that needs time because again, Ronda's in that same strata as as Cody Ray. I don't want to see Ronda in matches, but I want to see her involved in some sort of storyline. This kind of feels like a, a rushed one. It's like, okay, hey, this is the storyline. You have a month to kind of build it, and then you're going to have a match, and that's it. I think it's got to have something to do with Ronda's contract, you would assume. Yeah, and uh, with all due respect, good riddance if she does decide to walk away. Uh, but there is one more match, Dante, that we must discuss. It is the just-announced SummerSlam Battle Royale that's going to go down oh, at yeah. some point during this event. I'd imagine some point early on, this is going to be such a filler. This is another beverage one, but it would be normally if the megastar wasn't in it. And it's that your is guy. My guy. A couple of years real quick. LA Knight, yeah. But uh, yeah. that that it's him and Sheamus are the only two that we know of uh, as of the recording of this podcast who are going to be involved. I imagine there is going to be some bums that are involved in this thing that they, or guys that, like you kind of said, we have no idea what to do with. So we're going to yeah. throw them out here, and oh, yeah. this is just going to kind of be just kind of a shit show. And I love Seamus. Like, Seamus can be in anything and make it look good, man. Like, yeah. like Seamus hit him with a couple of, you know, some some of the, what, the 10 beats? Oh, yeah. Some of those, but I'm good. Like, it, it, it does feel like one of those things where you had LA Knight that's been so big and so huge and giving those promos and – you kind of looked at your SummerSlam, you know, card, and you're like, "Oh man, there's nothing for him to do right now," um, because of the way things have shaken up. So you're kind of just like making something for him to do. It's like, okay, we need something for LA Knight to do. You know, this seems like a good idea. We could scrounge up some some other talent. Um, you know, maybe like a Bronson Reed of the world, which is just a a big immovable object out there. Um, you know, I love honestly, like, I, and it's kind of like it almost feels like the Andre the Giant one where you had the Bobby Lashley situation where you had nothing for Bobby Lashley to do at WrestleMania. So it's like I put him in the Andre the Giant and have him win. Like, he was going to be the clear winner there. I think LA Knight's going to be your clear winner here. I wouldn't be surprised if you see maybe a, a surprise return potentially of somebody that hasn't been around in a while. Yeah. Um, I think. From the outside point of view, this might be a spot for a guy like there have been rumors of Carlito re-signing full-time with WWE. Um, whether or not this is the spot to put Carlito in, because again, he's kind of like, yeah, sure, like let's throw people out there. But this to me smells like, again, LA Knight going over, getting a big win at SummerSlam, um, and then kind of building off this, which whatever the push is going to be, uh, outside of that but yeah it's just it just smells like one of those like you said they're going to be some bums in there they're going to be some, like and how many Sheamus people was, are we don't even know how many people are going to be in this yeah thing. No. if Seamus wasn't already in it this smells like a, a butch special if you ask me uh, <laughs> it's just a shame that it, i just i don't like what they're doing with la with my man i just it, it seems they're i know they're slow playing it it seems but they have 
they could just strap him to a rocket ship right now and he's ready to go. It, it just seems – I'd like to see some more extended you know, singles matches and let him actually get in there with somebody that's going to – you yeah. know, get him involved in something meaningful at some point. It just seems like this is week after week. Like maybe even well, Sheamus. Like if he if he, him and Sheamus start doing a thing, like that's fine yeah. too. But him like beating up guys from like you know beating up Top Dollar and stuff like that. Top it's, just, it's it's weird because the U.S. title was right there in front of in front yeah. of it. It was like this situation is just too easy, right? You just okay. Austin Theory's title reigns boring as all hell. And you could put it on uh, the pay per view. Yeah. No. Again, it's one of those things where it's okay. It's it's a boring title reign. It is you had the the two four way matches like an LA Knight was in it, and you you kind of just assumed like, all right, listen, Rey Mysterio won the first one, which had AJ Styles in it. So when you gave it to, well, no, he won the second one. Sorry, um, Santos. Santos Escobar yeah. won the first one with AJ Styles, and you're like, all right, if it's not going to be AJ Styles, you know. Sanders Espart is great. The second one, when you had LA Knight in there with Sheamus, with Rey Mysterio, you kind of assumed someone's going to take a bump. It's going to be LA Knight's going to win. Yeah, LA Knight, Sanders Escobar, which would be a great match. You just put LA Knight over, put the belt on him, and then you're you're good to go. I still think that's probably your plan if you start feuding, you know, in the fall with, I think, Sanders Escobar wins that title and, you know, you get an Escobar LA Knight kind of thing, but yeah, just bizarre. Like you, it was too obvious. It was one of those things where it's like this would be way too. It's like you look, it's like this is too easy for LA Knight to win that one, go on, win again, and and win the title. But there's got to be some sort of plan that we're not seeing, and you would just hope it's a good one. But yeah, he's just it's electric right now. The way how over he is. Like I know we talked about the Sami Zayn thing, and Sami Zayn was over as all hell when he was in the bloodline with the whole Sami Uso thing, and then when he was in Montreal, challenging Roman Reigns, like he was over, over by the time they got to WrestleMania. Like LA Knight is almost at that level of being so far over that people. I watch SmackDown now just to see what what's my bloodline segment going to be and what's my LA Knight yeah. promo going to be. Like that is. That is all. Um, I kind of see the the whole USO thing with Escobar more than likely beating Austin Theory. Like I get it because you have the LWO; they were really hot after Backlash, so you want to put a title on them now, just not to have them fade into almost obscurity. Like I get that, but there's a point to where it's like, all right, I, I wonder how that's going to shake out. Because we talked about it at Money in the Bank that I thought Escobar did a great job during the match. Like I thought he was you know, a bit of a surprise during that Money in the Bank match. So him getting the U.S. title reign could be a good thing. But, yeah, I just want to know what the plan is for, for L.A. Knight. I would like I, – I, in a perfect world for me, I think him and Austin Theory would be fun, and it would kind of elevate Theory in some yeah. sense. I mean, Theory needs something. Even if he were to lose, Theory is just even, boring, man. I would have even taken uh, L.A. Knight – you know, we talked about Grayson Waller. I mean, those promos in and of itself would be just straight electric, but they have some history going back to when they were in NXT. Like, you know, that would have been a fun feud to kind of go into at whether it be SummerSlam. Maybe they do it after SummerSlam, and I think that that would give him something of 
substance to be on TV every week and you feel like it's, okay, you're building up. Because Grayson Waller, I think, is another guy that you kind of can put the rocket ship onto at this point in time. And he puts on great matches. Like, he's very good in the ring as well and just with the mic. Um, But it's almost like, all right, just give me something. Give me an inkling of where this is going. You know, like, I guess that Friday after SummerSlam, that first SmackDown is going to be, all right, now what am I doing with, with LA Knight type of vibe? But... Yeah, just this battle royale just feels like out of place. Um, I'm going to watch it just to see what LA Knight comes out and yeah. does. And I want to see who else is actually going to be involved in it. But um, And I'm a sucker for any type of battle royale. I think they're great in and of itself. Like, yeah, this has a thing. And it is a shame. <clears throat> I was thinking about it when they announced a battle royale. Because usually, at some point, sometimes the Miz finds himself in these wild battle royals when he has like nothing to do as well yeah and i realized he's on what i said that's another guy who's gonna probably be involved in this yeah and like but i'm thinking like one of those miz la knight feuds could be good or again even like an la knight like we talked about logan paul and, and ricochet la knight with one of those logan paul or even like a pat mcafee type of dude that's not you know Obviously, NW, but the promos will be great. The match will be good, and it'll be an opportunity to put, you know, LA Knight over some more with a good match and a win. You know, would be nice. Um, that might be a name that might surprise people and show up at a battle royale. And just you know, Pat McAfee comes out of nowhere and, and joins it. But you know, you got to give him something of substance that you feel like he's being utilized in a big way with a big name. And that's why I kind of thought even after Money in the Bank, like. LA Knight, Logan Paul made sense. And then when they did Logan Paul Ricochet, it's like, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. But the storyline was there too for LA Knight. You just want to know what the plan is. Like, what what are we doing here? It feels like we're missing an opportunity and we're wasting, uh, you know, some precious heat. We're wasting some heat. Yeah, yeah I think some we're wasting precious heat, heat right here that we could just. I don't know. Yeah, again, you, you, you should have capitalized on it and how hot he's been. Um, I still think they will at some point in time, but it's almost at some point in time. The more I'm thinking about where that Money in the Bank briefcase is, the happier I am that it went to Damian Priest and not... Because, you know, with LA Knight, it probably would have been used on, again, an Austin Theory US title cash where he has that title. I still think you get there with LA Knight, but they're taking the the long route and, and going from there. But, you know, we'll get there. There's going to be a long payoff, but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what names pop up in this battle royale. I think SummerSlam as a whole, uh, there's got to be some sort of big. We talked about Orton potentially coming back, but there's got to be some big names that show up. You know, you, you date back to the last couple of of SummerSlams, you kind of have gotten big names returning, um, dating back to when Brock Lesnar came back during this the Cena. Uh, Roman Reigns match a couple years ago. You know, last year you had the whole thing with with damage control coming back. Um, you know, you got to have something pretty big with some of the names that have been out for a while that'll generate some huge pops. You know, a couple names come to mind with obviously Orton. Um, you know, maybe one or two of those other non WWE stars just to show up and make appearances. We talked about The Rock. Um, I think Big E would be an interesting name. Maybe like a Kofi Kingston would be an interesting name that 
they've been out for a yeah. while. Maybe if they're healthy, come back, do some spots. Like, there's got to be something because we look at the card and the card is so good and, and you know, is going to be great from a match perspective. But you got to start building up some more of these storylines with like big, big, big names that have been on the shelf. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go from there. If I see Riddle in this battle royale, I'm, I'm turning it off. I do not want to see that man anywhere near LA Knight. Yeah, and that is WWE SummerSlam, ladies and gentlemen. I am so goddamn excited. I am, I am so pumped. hyped. I, I think pumped. we hit everything uh, that's under the sun that could be uh, discussed going into it. I'm just excited yeah. to see where they go with a lot of these different little story elements. And obviously the big one being the tribal combat match but yeah, there's a lot of different avenues that have to be kind of I mean you might not even we're not going to figure it out uh, on Saturday night it'll probably be situational Monday Friday when we figure out where a lot of these guys are going next the Monday the Monday Friday you know, the, the Raw after SummerSlam is going to be interesting to see you know where that belt goes and, and what happens there and then obviously that Smackdown after where you're talking you know what's next for Roman Reigns and LA Knight is interesting I think there's still a shot. I know, you know, we're probably a, we're, we're literally less than a week out. Interesting to see because there's two matches that aren't official on there yet that I could see them making official tomorrow night. Um, one of which is the Becky Lynch Trish Stratus match because I know that Becky Lynch just beat Zoe Stark yeah. last week. Do they make that match official for for True, SummerSlam? I, I totally forgot about that. I think I don't know if they made it official yet, but I think it's like might be made official tomorrow. Um, I love anytime Trish Stratus is on my television. So thank you, Trish. That's match, thank you, Trish. Yeah, I'm gonna keep saying it. Thank you, Trish. Oh, I might buy a shirt to be honest, but that's gonna be interesting. I think that build's been pretty good, and it, it, again, it's been one of those things to keep Becky away from the title. Um, and keep her still relevant. Um, would be interesting to see that. And again, thank you, Trish. Maybe hashtag thank you, Trish, as well. Um, and then to see what they do with, with Rhea Ripley, because there's no way, no way she doesn't defend her title. I think they make it official with Raquel Rodriguez tomorrow night. Um, you know, We saw her kind of brutally attack Liv Morgan last week. I really depressed to see Liv Morgan get attacked like that sometimes, but it, it is what it is. I think, you know, you get Raquel come out Monday night, kind of call out Rhea Ripley, maybe make it official for, for SummerSlam or potentially like right after SummerSlam. But that would be an interesting feud because, you know, with obviously Rhea having that title and with Raquel being, you know, obviously a physical stature of a woman herself, them going head to head, you know, would be would lend itself to some some good matches. So I, th- I think I think they make that. Effect. I think Raw tomorrow is going to be interesting. I think you get two more two more matches added because I mean this card as a whole is kind of light on the women's matches outside yeah. of the triple threat, and then you have Ronda Shayna. I think adding two more in there would be um, kind of ideal, and you'll have like a I guess a more active pre-show to SummerSlam, so to speak, but I think it could be a way to go. Um, yeah. It's, There'll be some quick matches if they have 10 in here. There'll be some, yeah, some I think the, the, like, like the on. Becky, the Becky Trish one will be quick. The, uh, you know, there could be some other, whether it be squash matches or just to get to the, 
the main events. You know, maybe you do something for the SummerSlam or for the Raw after SummerSlam, kind of like a, a Rhea Raquel type of yeah. Thing. They get the big feature sort of uh, yeah, showcase. something along that line. But that's going to be an ongoing feud feud coming up. Nothing for my boy Dom Mysterio at SummerSlam, but I guess that's fine. He's all involved in the in carrying the Judgment Day, so you know we'll go. He defended his title tonight at the Great American Bash. He won, so shout out to Dom Mysterio, the the leading member of the Dom Mysterio fan club. Over Dirty Dom, baby, it's my guy, dude. Yeah. The uh, heel, he's been a great heel, and if he just keeps it going, I, you know. And again, that's that's the thing with getting that Judgment Day, everyone having those titles being that prominent. I think it all around is going to be great. But this SummerSlam card stacked to the gills, going to be one of those ones where you just you there are some of those live events where you kind of flip around or those matches like we talked at Money in the Bank. There are a few matches where like, you know, I don't have time for this one. Let's just get right to the to the main points. We're going to do a recap of this, and it's going to be you know a potential two hour long show just talk about how good some of these matches were i yeah. have that feeling uh, i am looking forward to it ladies and gentlemen and we will be back next week we will have a full discussion and breakdown of everything that's going to go down oh yeah i think we gave we gave you people all we have uh on this because it, it and i probably could sit here again and i'm just as i look at it i just get excited again and say you know it, it's great to be back uh, watching WWE the way I used to, like I really, I, I can't believe I stopped watching it for you know a couple years there, and it just reinvigorated my love for it. It's just you have to understand the spectacle and how you know, and yeah, oh, it's fake. Yeah, I'm aware, man. I'm I'm aware, but uh, I don't care, dude. I like, don't give a shit. Storylines are some. The whole Bloodline storyline is better than some stuff you get on on television. Every yeah, week. Like, like, and I think. This is off topic. Seth Rollins kind of talked about that in an interview. I think in Logan Paul's interview, where it's like they're going out there every week and giving you a storyline that would rival some stuff on television. Like I, you know, it's and it's every week, and they're giving you some, you know, fifty-two weeks a year of, of great television spots within that Bloodline storyline. Like you know, this is more than just again taking bumps and. WWE and Moon Salt, everything like they have built up these storylines so well to a point where you're actually invested in the story, which is great. And everyone involved. It, I listen. I can't wait. So until then, uh, enjoy the tribal combat match. May the best tribal my, chief win. I'm gonna get my tribal chief lay out here, the big red one. I'm gonna go buy one and start wearing that around here. I'm gonna get my I'm the one. Uh, Shirt That's right. uh, made, my L.A. Knight shirt made. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I definitely need an L.A. Knight shirt, but uh, until right. then.